all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason, you. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine and Nurse Practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. And today we're going to be going through my top 10 tip list for a healthier holiday season. If you have a question or a comment, in particular if you have a tip or a trick uh, in staying healthy this holiday season, I'd love to hear it. Our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 Our email is fit at mpbonline.org. Or you can go over to Facebook to Healthy Habits with Josie, and you can drop a message there. I do have a thread going over there about uh, tips this holiday season. So I wanted to do uh, do this topic today because we're we're right in the middle of holidays. I hope everybody just had a, a great uh, Thanksgiving break or fall break, um, and we're gearing up for December and January uh, holidays. And we can make small changes to how we do things that can lead to to better health overall as we move through the holiday season. Uh, and I know whenever people hear that topic, they think, oh, she's going to tell me I can't eat the things that I like. And that is absolutely not what I'm saying. Um, these are just tips that I have compiled through the years and working with um, folks who are, are wanting to make some healthier choices. Um, and you don't have to apply all 10 of them, but picking one or two of those things to incorporate into your lifestyle um, can really set you up for success. Uh, for not being not just being healthy during the holidays, but being healthier every day of uh, of your life. So my number one tip right, is to not think of the holidays as a once per year event. I hear it all the time, but this just happens once per year. And while that makes sense when we say it, if we step back and look at it, it's really not a once per year event. Um, uh, here in in Mississippi, I usually call the fair as like the unofficial start of the holiday season. Um, we love our fair food, and I've done several pieces on fair food in the past, but that kind of kicks off um, the the eating holidays, so to speak. And then we follow that with Halloween, which is very um, candy heavy and sweet heavy. Then we move into Thanksgiving. 
then we move into you know whichever holiday you celebrate during uh, December, whether it be Christmas or Hanukkah or Kwanzaa, um, you know any of these different uh, holiday um, traditions, and then we move into to New Year's, and that kind of slows down. But then we've got other holidays sprinkled in there, right? We've got Fourth of July and birthdays and you know other events that are largely centered around food. And so they're they're not just once a year events, and so we've got to kind of take that into a, uh, to account and remember that we don't have to consume all the things that we we love in one sitting or at one holiday. We can kind of we can kind of spread them out a little bit there. So just you know take that for what it for what it is. It's just you know a way to think about spreading out. Uh, the, the calories that you consume and the events that you do um, and not see them as kind of just fleeting events. That being said, Christmas may hold a special place in your heart um, or it may be a special uh, part of your family traditions. And if that's the case, then, you know, absolutely make the memories and, and spend the time there. But we can also make some tweaks to how we do that to set ourselves up for, for success, so to speak. So after that, that's my number one tip. My number two tip is uh, rethinking your drink, okay, or rethink the drink. And a lot of people may think I mean from a calorie standpoint, and that is is one part of it, but there's there's another piece to it as well. So when I'm talking about rethinking your drink, I absolutely want us to not necessarily drink our calories, right? Um, I've been doing uh, some of the, my patients that have come in will do their diet recall and those kinds of things. And we, we do a special kind of holiday edition of that. And we talk about what's going to be there and, and how we build a plate and to match our health goals. And a lot of times we're talking about the drinks that are there and it may be soda, it may be sweet tea, it may be Kool-Aid or it may be alcohol. And each one of those kind of has a, a different role to play in not being the healthiest choice, right? When we choose a, a beverage that's just a sugar-sweetened beverage, like a soda or a tea or Kool-Aid, something like that, really all, all we are adding at that point is calories. And it's very, very easy to consume a large amount of calories without realizing it, right? A 12-ounce soda is somewhere between 150 to 200 calories, depending on what it is. And while that may not seem like a lot, if we're doing multiples of those during the day, it can quickly add up to be, you know, 500 or more calories just from beverages. Same deal with things like sweet tea or Kool-Aid or or those kinds of things. It adds up very, very quickly. And it doesn't take up a whole lot of room in your belly. Um, and you do it quickly, right? You can drink a glass of juice or Kool-Aid in less than a minute and consume a large amount of calories, whereas eating and chewing and swallowing that amount of calories would take you a much longer time and would likely fill you up a little bit more. When we talk about alcohol, that is often present at the holiday table, and there's a couple of reasons why I recommend either avoiding it altogether or limiting it, right? One is absolutely the calorie um, point. You know, uh, even a light beer has somewhere around 95 to 100 calories in it. 
um, glasses of wine go up, you know, 120 uh, to 150 calories for a serving of wine. And then when you think about mixed drinks, it really depends on what the mixer is that you're you're throwing in there. If it's a soda or a juice or uh, a commercial mixer like a you know a margarita or a daiquiri mixer, those are very very high in sugar. But beside the calorie standpoint, alcohol does a couple of things. Okay, one it decreases our impulse control, meaning we're less likely to to avoid things or not choose things that we normally wouldn't do. Um, So you may reach for that second or third helping of something that normally you would not do, or you may snack more in preparation for the meal because of that decreased impulse control and and the impact it has on decision making, especially once we enter from, you know, one drink or even two and we start to maybe a little bit inebriated, then that really starts to impact our decision making. And we do tend to overconsume calories at that point um, from other sources due to that. It also is a downer, right? So alcohol is a, a depressant and the holidays are a hard time. Um, They're a joyous time for a lot of folks, but they're also a time um, where a lot of folks have increases in their depression and anxiety. And we're actually going to talk about that next week on the show. We'll talk about um, kind of seasonal depression. But it it is a downer. And so if you're already struggling with that, adding alcohol in on top of it can actually make those symptoms worse, right? And they also make you a little more likely to say things that you wouldn't say otherwise, which can just increase the stress and anxiety around the holiday table. So really thinking about what it is that you're consuming from a beverage standpoint can be great not only for your physical health, but for your mental health as well. So what, you know, what do we drink if we want something that's a little bit more festive than water? Because, you know, water is always going to be the thing that I recommend uh, the most, uh, very low in calories, zero, uh, and, you know, it's just a good way to stay hydrated. But if we want something a little bit more festive, we can absolutely do, absolutely do like a fruit-infused water. So you could cut up um, some holiday-colored fruits and throw in, um, in a big jug of water and have that sitting out, whether that be strawberries and mint or uh, you know, cranberries and cucumbers, things like that floating in those waters. If we want something even a little bit fancier, consider doing a spritzer. So you can start that with um, a seltzer-type water. So instead of a soda, move to more of a seltzer-type water that is um, no sugar added. Uh, so just, you know, like a LaCroix or a Bubbly or something like that. You can do plain ones or you can do a flavored one. And think about what you mix into that. You could absolutely have a little bit of no sugar added cranberry juice that you put, you know, probably about a quarter of a cup of juice in that glass and then top it with your seltzer water. Um, If you're choosing to do an alcohol as well, you could also make a spritzer out of that. So you could do um, a wine spritzer where you'd use kind of half the amount of wine and uh, add the seltzer water in on top of that. That way you're getting half the alcohol, half the calories, extra fizzy bubbles that seem more festive, and you're able to kind of spice up the table a little bit more uh, in terms of a festive holiday there. 
think we'll do one more tip before we go to our first break. But if you have a, a tip for us, I'd love to hear it today. Our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring My third tip, and the thing I probably hear the most from folks is, well, I'm saving up my calories. So I'm not going to eat today uh, until, until the meal is served. And so my family, we usually have our holiday meal kind of mid-afternoon just because it takes us a good chunk of the morning to, to get everything ready. So we usually eat somewhere between 1.30 and 2. And so I know folks who are like, well, I'm just, I'm not going to eat breakfast. I'm not going to snack. I'm not going to do any of these things. I'm saving up my calories for the, for the main event, so to speak. And that's just really not, not how it works, right? And your body craves and deserves sustenance and nutrition. So when you do it that way, right, when you save up your calories, so to speak, your body doesn't know what, that that's what's happening, right? It doesn't get the memo that you're doing that on purpose. What it does know is that it's hungry, right, that there's no food available or no nutrition available for that. Um, it's going to start to uh, slow your metabolism down a little bit, right, because it's trying to hang on to the kind of reserves that it has or when the last time you fed it. Uh, and then when the, the meal does arrive or the event does arrive, uh, you're so hungry at that point that you eat very, very quickly and consume a much larger amount of calories than you would have if you had had a smaller um, meal or snack earlier in the day. So it doesn't have to be anything extravagant. You don't have to have this big breakfast buffet on the morning of uh, of your holiday event. But having some nutrition earlier in the day is actually probably going to lead to less consumption of food and calories later on in the day with the same amount of satisfaction, right? So it could be um, an oatmeal with um, some nuts and some dried fruit on top. It could be a, a bowl of cold cereal and milk. It could be a smoothie. It could be a lot of different options, but starting your day with carbohydrate, some protein, and some fiber is a really, really good way to stay full and satisfied, prevent dips in blood sugar that often make us grouchy and hangry, and prevent overconsumption of calories at the later meal. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine and Nurse Practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Thanks for listening to the Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit Podcast. If you have a question, you can email fit at mpbonline.org or leave a comment on my Facebook page, Healthy Habits with Josie. For ongoing information on staying healthy and fit, subscribe to the podcast using your favorite podcasting app. I'm Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law, host of In Legal Terms. If you're enjoying this podcast, I encourage you to listen to In Legal Terms, the show about you and your rights. We find interesting legal topics to bring to you and let you know how the law affects you. Find In Legal Terms on any podcasting platform on your smart device or on our website, inlegalterms.mpbonline.org. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.
You're listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, nurse practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. And we're going through my top tips for a healthier holiday season. We've been through my top three, which were not thinking of the holidays as a once-per-year event, spreading out that love throughout the year, rethinking your drink, and then not trying to save up your calories for one big meal or event. If you have a tip that your family does um, or that you have found helpful during your healthy journey for staying healthier during the holidays, I would just love to hear those today. Our number is one eight seven seven. MPB ring one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, or you can go over to Facebook to Healthy Habits with Josie, and you can drop me a message there. You can send that privately as well if you would like. And I actually had a tip um, come in over the break, and this listener says that what their family does is set out some snack trays, kind of mid to late morning. Um, that are some healthier snack options for people who are not wanting to eat that full breakfast, uh, but are uh, and, and are trying to save some of their calories for later, but want to to have a little something to eat. And they say they choose a fruit platter, and that is a great option, right? It's a great option for a variety of reasons. One is that you can take some help from the store for these items, right? If you're the person who hosts your holiday events, that can be a very stressful uh, time for you in trying to get everything done and everything ready and everything on the table and everybody's uh, grumbling and talking about being hungry. So when I'm planning a holiday event, I try and think of a couple of things that I can purchase already made um, to add to the holiday table. Oftentimes, that may be a dip, like a hummus or something like that, which would actually be a good addition to something like this. You could do a um, kind of a pre-done veggie tray, and instead of the ranch dip or in addition to the ranch dip, if ranch is your, your thing, um, you could add some store-bought hummus into that. Or you could do a, a fruit uh, tray that you've gotten from the store as well, and you can add you can, you can leave that dip that comes with it, or you can add a little bit more kind of protein-rich um, dip option there, which usually is just a kind of um, mixture of Greek yogurt and peanut butter and a little bit of honey or maple syrup there, and that makes a delicious dip for fruit. Um, but that is a good way to have some nibbles out for folks to, to eat on. But these are so full of fiber that they're going to take up more room in your belly. They're going to be slower, um, slower digested, so you're going to stay fuller for longer. And it may actually help um, prevent kind of overconsumption of things a little bit later on. My other tip for using some of those store-bought items is that you don't have to leave it in the tray that it came in right? You absolutely can. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you want to make it look like you washed and chopped all that fruit and all those veggies, then you can just swap those out and put them on a, a serving platter that you have at home and, and take credit for that. That is fine there. But I really love that tip. Thank you for sending that in. And if you have a tip, uh, please go ahead and send that in for us. Hey, Josie. Uh, yeah, Kevin. Uh, I've got one I could throw out there. Oh, yeah. Lay it on me. 
All right. So I've started to uh, do my exercise walk every day. It's part of my routine. And I know in the holidays, our routine sometimes gets all jumbled around. So I would say, don't forget to, to take your walk or to do your exercise. And especially on these crisp winter fall mornings where it's cool but sunny out, that's a great time to go out walking. It is. And that's a really good tip there. And it actually leads me to uh, tip four that I have, which is you don't have to earn your calories or punish yourself for eating. So that being said, you also don't want to disrupt your routine. So if you have that routine in place, don't let the holidays derail that, right? Because it's very, very easy to let that happen, right? If you've gotten into a habit of walking in the mornings, if you allow a holiday to maybe put a crimp in that and you skip a day and then you skip another day and you skip another day. It's very easy to fall out of that habit. It's much easier to fall out of the habit than it is to reinstitute the habit. So you may not be able to go for, um, you know, for as long as you want to, if you've got your family coming in or other things, but just keeping the habit up of going and doing something is, is great. If you've got family in town, use that as an opportunity to, um, kind of visit together, not around a table or in front of a television, right? So invite them out for um, a walk or a, a bike or, you know, whatever it is that you've chosen to do, but include them along. We tend to uh, walk more with less perceived effort when we're walking with someone and having conversation with them. The time just goes quicker and it's much more enjoyable. So that is an excellent tip there. Um, it does tie back into that one where you don't have to earn your calories. Um, and that harkens back to our relationship with food and that we don't, uh, what we choose to eat and how much we eat does not make us good or bad. And we don't have to do a turkey trot or run a 5K or any of these other things to prove that we're worthy enough to eat our food. We we can eat and enjoy it, right? We just want to make sure that we are eating when we're truly hungry and we're stopping when we're full. When we overeat time and time again, we do tend to blunt our body's ability to perceive that we're full, right? Our belly has uh, stretch receptors in it. And that's how it knows that it's full, all right, is by how much volume of stuff. Now, there are certainly foods that have kind of more satiety to them or they make us feel full more. Uh, but by and large, it's how much stuff is in our belly. And so by the time our those stretch receptors get kind of initiated to our brain tells our really our appetite that we're full, it's not a super quick process. It can take up to about 15 to 20 minutes. And so when we are famished and hangry and we sit down and scarf a bunch of food down in a very, very quick way, we tend to overconsume those calories. We've overeaten and we've bypassed our body's kind of natural cues that tell us we're full. And when that happens consistently, then we, we, kind of lose the ability on an everyday scale to be able to recognize our hunger and our fullness cues. And that sets us up for chronic overeating and taking in many more calories than we, than we really want or need just based on the fact that we're not able to respond to our cues as well. Um, one strategy for that is to not 
eat so dang quick, right? And that's actually tip five on my list, which is slowing down, right? Um, there are a variety of strategies out that, there for that. A lot of people recommend putting your fork down between bites. It doesn't have to be that regimented. That is a technique that works for some people. Um, my kind of tip for that is just to have a conversation and be present in the meal, right? Don't do distracted eating, which is actually tip six. And so they go very closely together, which is slowing down and not eating distracted. So if you normally um, eat around a television and are watching the big game or whatever, um, that is a, a time that you're likely to overconsume more more calories because you are distracted and you're focused on something else. You're not focused on your hunger cues and your satiety cues and all these different kinds of things. And so you're much more likely to overconsume calories. Um, same with cell phones. So you might institute this holiday season a cell phone basket, right? Where when it's mealtime, everybody's phones go into a basket. That way you're present with your family because that's really what the holidays are about. We tend to focus on the food, but they're really about the family and the memories and the connections that we're making. So putting those cell phones or tablets or whatever it is in a, in a basket or a bowl, um, just putting them in a little bit of a timeout for when the meal is occurring so that you're able to focus on your food, tasting your food, appreciating your food, and appreciating the company um, that, that is there with you and the memories that that you will make there. Um, also, choosing foods that take a little bit more work, right? Things that are going to require to be cut or that are going to require more chewing will slow you down, right? So think about building your plate with lots of veggies on your plate as well or starting with uh, a salad or some type of really um, fiber-filled uh, starter to kind of go ahead and slow you down a little bit. And then stop when you're about 80% full, right? And how do you know when you're 80% full? Unfortunately, there's no, like, gas tank meter that, that dings at you when you're to the 80% mark. But I kind of call it when you kind of feel that initial kind of sensation of, I'm not hungry anymore, right? So really paying attention to that where you feel like, you know, I don't have that gnawing feeling in my belly. I'm not starving. I'm not hangry. All those kinds of things. Put your fork down and just have conversation for a couple of minutes and then see how you feel after those couple of minutes. And if you still want to continue eating what's on your plate, go ahead and do so. But if you're full at that point, go ahead or you're comfortable at that point go ahead and push away because you know there's a dessert table and you know you're probably going to go over there and pick something off of that so if we go ahead and stop before we are overstuffed at the main dish then we've got room to add in a little bit of sweets without kind of blowing through that that hunger cue situation there and if you've got multiple sweets that you enjoy get small portions of each one. You don't have to get a full dinner plate of all of those desserts, right? Um, 
so those are just some, some ways to slow down, be a little bit more mindful while you eat so that you're still enjoying the foods. If you notice, I haven't changed any ingredients in any of the foods. It's just about slowing down and paying attention to your food while you're eating so that you really and truly appreciate it, right? I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine and Nurse Practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Thanks for listening to the Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit Podcast. If you have a question, you can email fit at mpbonline.org or leave a comment on my Facebook page, Healthy Habits with Josie. For ongoing information on staying healthy and fit, subscribe to the podcast using your favorite podcasting app. Hey, this is Larry Morrissey with the Mississippi Arts Commission. I'm one of the hosts of the Mississippi Arts Hour, the arts interview show on Think Radio. We talk with visual artists, musicians, writers, as well as people who help bring the arts to their communities. We hear about how each artist learned their craft and get some insight into their creative process. You can hear the Arts Hour every Sunday at 5 p.m. on Think Radio, or listen anytime by subscribing to the show through your favorite podcasting app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. and fit on MPB Think Radio, and I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, nurse practitioner at UMMC, and today we're going through my top 10 list for a healthier holiday season. If you have a tip or a trick for us or a question, you can email us at fit at mpbonline.org, and you can do that anytime, guys. You don't have to just email us while we're on the air. Um, They will get that email to me if you send it any time of the day or night, and I will get back to you as soon as I can. Uh, you can always uh, give us a call while we are on the air. It's uh, 1-877-MPB-RING, 1-877-672-7464. Or you can go over to Facebook, to Healthy Habits with Josie. You can drop a message in our thread that we have this morning or a private message, and we can, we can go through your questions that way, however you'd like to get in touch with us. We are happy to do so. So we've gone through, um, I think we've done, yep, six of my tips so far, uh, which was don't think of the holidays as only a once-per-year event. Rethink your drink. Don't save up your calories for that big event. You don't have to earn your calories or punish yourself for eating. Slow down and don't eat distracted. Those have been the tips up to this point. And I did have another message come in via Facebook this morning. Um, and this listener says they always have banana pudding at the holiday season. Okay, yum. That sounds good. I don't like bananas. I love banana pudding. I don't like bananas. So I, I just scrape those out. That's just a texture thing for me. But I do love banana pudding. Um, but they started using small plastic cups to put individual servings of the banana pudding in instead of a big bowl. And that is such a great tip. Thank you so much for sending that in because it really is a way to have some built-in portion control um, and be able to also have less dishes to wash overall if you're able to just kind of chunk that, that glass when you're done. So you can do that with lots of desserts. So you mentioned banana pudding, 
you could do it with, you know, a trifle if you're into those. You know, maybe we have a little bit of cake and some pudding and some whipped cream and kind of layer that in. That would be a really pretty dessert. Um, you could also do it with things that are a little bit more savory. Uh, we talked about the other tip that came in where they start with a fruit tray for snacks. You could do that in little individual servings as well. If you're going to do a dip, you could put a little bit of dip in the bottom of, of your cup and put um, your fruit in on top of that, or if you're doing, you know, hummus or ranch and veggies the same way. And that way it's easy to, to grab and, and go, um, go sit and have conversation with someone or uh, just that, that built-in control there. So I really, really like that tip. It's a really, really good one. And one we may employ um, this year. I often do that with uh, like brownies. When I do brownies, I'll make them in little, the little mini muffin tins instead of baking them in a big dish. That way they're, they're kind of little bite-sized pieces. Um, and I'll often take two of those and stick them on a little skewer or uh, a toothpick and I'll put a piece of fruit in between there. So two of those little brownie bites and maybe a raspberry or strawberry uh, in, in the middle. That way you can just grab a skewer again, some portion control built in there, um, as well as easy to hold and grab and, and go have some conversation. That's a, a great tip. Thank you so much for, for sending that in to me today. All right, number seven on my list is kind of leaning toward, toward January, right, which is often the time where people make resolutions to, to get healthier or to lose weight or you know, what, become more physically active, whatever it is. For me in clinic, it's also the time where I see a boom in people wanting to do detoxes or cleanses, okay? And that is just simply not necessary, okay? Um, especially if it is a commercial product that you are purchasing to detox yourself or cleanse yourself, all of those different kinds of things. It, it's, they're, they're not proven to work. Um, they often can be harmful depending on what uh, products or, or ingredients are in those things, and they're just not needed, right? Your body does a fantastic job of detoxing itself because it has a liver and it has kidneys, and so we have to give it uh, things to support your liver and your kidneys and your, your colon as well. That plays part in the detoxification process, but by and large, drinking water is one of the best ways to kind of quote unquote detox, which I don't even like that word, but to kind of support a healthy functioning kidney, right? It's to make sure that it's hydrated so that it's able to filter out toxins and other things that we don't need, as well as um, not being an alcohol, right? Alcohol is not great for our liver, so we don't want to kind of keep kind of banging up on our liver. And so choosing water is just a great way in, in the post-holiday season to kind of start that natural cleanse or natural detoxification. A lot of detox products or cleanse products will have something that stimulates your colon to, uh, to empty. And depending on what product or ingredient is in that, um, it can do so in a not so awesome way where you actually <clears throat> may have some cramping of, of the GI tract, diarrhea, even some nausea, depending on what those products are. So again, drinking water, eating fiber-rich foods, so fruits and veggies, okay, are a great way to just kind of naturally 
cleanse, naturally detoxify your system. But when we look at products, them up against long-term success, right? It's just not there, right? And it doesn't matter if, you know, it's on the cover of a magazine or a social media influencer or any of these things are touting the benefits of that sustainability and lasting success are not tied to those products, right? You cannot drink a magical concoction of something and have it deliver out long-term, lasting, sustainable health benefits. What is proven is hydrating your body, eating real food, so things that have not been overly processed, and the majority of them being a plant food, right? So a fruit a veggie, a nut, a seed, a grain, something like that is the best way to kind of get reset for your your healthy uh, resolution that you may have with the new year. But as I've said in the past, you don't have to wait till the new year to institute one of those uh, resolutions. You can make a healthier change any day of the week, and it can be very, very small and lead to very, very big impacts later on even if that is just replacing your bacon with with fruit at breakfast or replacing your juice with water or an unsweet tea little changes like that make a big big difference right all right kind of leaving the the food and nutrition tips from from here on out my next one has to do a little bit more with infection control, right? We are gathering together this year, and with that comes a mixing of households and a mixing of exposures. And so if you are feeling sick, please do not go to a holiday gathering. I know it is disappointing, but if you are not feeling well, do not go, right? And that could be from a COVID standpoint. It could be from a flu standpoint. It could be from a, a you know, a, a GI bug or a stomach virus standpoint. That's been going around a lot. If you are not feeling well, then do not expose other people to that. And so a lot of people I hear say, well, it's just my allergies. Okay. And that is a, a viable uh, possibility. What I want you to ask yourself is, do you normally have allergies, right, this time of the year? So in the middle of December, do your allergies normally flare up? If they do and you know you're a seasonal allergy person and you normally have flares, then that might be more likely, right? But if you don't normally have allergies this time of the year, it's unlikely that that is what this is, right? It could be much more likely that it is a respiratory virus, which is easily transmissible, right? So one thing you can do is if you're worried about uh, COVID, you can use one of the at-home COVID testing products, right? Now, there's been a lot of kind of media surrounding those rapid at-home tests and how um, effective they are at, at picking up on things. And their effectiveness is directly related to following, following the instructions, right? And so each brand has a different set of instructions on how you do it in terms of how deep you go in your nose, how many swirls you do in each nostril, how long you let it sit in um, the kind of the, the, the liquid medium that comes with it, how you place it in the cassette, all of those different kinds of things. 
So I recommend reading those instructions uh, beforehand before you you use that. Um, I had somebody contact me the other day because their instructions were in Spanish and they didn't they didn't know how to do that. I told them to look look in the box. Um, in particular, the the Binax brand of of rapid COVID tests they have two whole pamphlets in each box. One is completely in Spanish, the other one is in English. And so those English instructions were sitting sitting right in that box. So just make sure you get them out, take a read and look at it. Um, the second piece is there There are usually two tests in each one of, uh, of whatever brand you buy. And that is not so that you can test two people or that you can do two tests at random times. Um, that is so that you can test today, and if your test is negative, you repeat it again in 24 to 48 hours, okay? Because you could be early on in the process and not be picking up on, on that positive test. So, you know, it's never a bad idea to, to grab one of those and use if you have any doubt in your mind that, um, that you might be sick before you meet with your family for the holidays. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine and Nurse Practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Thanks for listening to the Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit Podcast. If you have a question, you can email fit at mpbonline.org or leave a comment on my Facebook page, Healthy Habits with Josie. For ongoing information on staying healthy and fit, subscribe to the podcast using your favorite podcasting app. Hi, I'm Walt Grayson. You can now listen to the wild, weird, and wonderful stories of Mississippi with Mile Marker. We are a Yucca Drive-In Theater. We're the last operating drive-in in the state of Mississippi. Join me as we hit the roads of Mississippi on Mile Marker. Freaked me out that you could come and drive your car and park and watch the movie outside. You can listen by going to mpbonline.org slash radio or by using your favorite podcasting app, Mile Marker, a Mississippi Roads podcast. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Thanks for being with me today. You're listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. We've been going through my top 10 list. Uh, for a healthier holiday season, and we're down to number nine, which is vaccinate. So if you are have not chosen to be vaccinated up to this point, this is just my plea for you to consider doing so. And I don't just mean against COVID, I also mean against seasonal influenza. Um, we had a very uh, mild flu season last year, uh, but it is looking like we may have a little bit more of a, um, a little bit rougher time with, a, with the flu this season. Uh, so adding in layers of protection uh, for you and your family is really important this holiday season. And so getting a flu vaccine and a COVID vaccine um, is one step that you can do to help protect yourself and your family. I get asked a lot if you can get those at the same time, and absolutely you can. You can receive your COVID vaccine and your um, flu vaccine on the same day. I would recommend different arms, okay? Uh, the COVID vaccine in particular tends to cause a little bit more discomfort uh, and pain than the flu vaccine does, and so I just wouldn't recommend putting them both in the same arm. 
um, as well as uh, that's a, a fair amount of volume from a medication standpoint to put into one muscle. And the, the bigger the amount you put into a muscle, the more discomfort you have. So I would get them in separate extremities um, going forth there. If it has been more, if you are fully vaccinated and you've had either two doses of Pfizer or uh, or Moderna and one dose of Johnson & Johnson, um, consider getting a booster dose if, if it is time for you to do so. So um, six months after completion of your primary series from a Pfizer or a Moderna standpoint, um, you can get a booster of, of one of those and you do not have to get the the same product you got before. If you got Pfizer before, you can get Moderna or vice versa. Um, or two months after your Johnson & Johnson, um, you can you qualify for a booster that way. This is for adults 18 and older. Uh, we have not discussed uh, pediatric COVID vaccines on the show yet. I'm hoping to get someone on to help us dig through through all the, the information on that. But uh, the most recent approval uh, was for emergency use for ages 5 to 11. So uh, it is completely appropriate for that age group to be vaccinated as well. Um, that is just with the Pfizer vaccine. It is a smaller dose. Okay. It's the same ingredients as the adult and the adolescent version. The dosing is different, okay? uh, so it is a smaller amount. The adult dose and the adolescent dose of the Pfizer vaccine is 30 micrograms. The dose for the 5 to 11-year-olds is 10 micrograms, so again, a smaller dose. Um, a lot of parents have been asking uh, about that particular um, vaccine and side effects associated with it. Um, pretty similar to what we see in um, in adults, although less so on the fever, chills, muscle aches in this group. They tend to do very, very well um, with this vaccine, uh, mild fatigue, some arm soreness, and a little bit of fever, more so after the second dose than the first. In clinical trials, there were no cases of myocarditis associated with um, the Pfizer vaccine in this age group as well. So talk it over with your pediatrician and make a really good informed decision um, with your personal healthcare provider about what is right for you there. All right, in the very last few minutes, we'll go to number 10, and that is to enjoy your time and make some memories, right? That is what the holiday season is about. It is not about the food. It is not about um, the best outfit or anything. It is about the memories that we make and the time we get to spend with our families. And so I, my prayer for you over this holiday season is that you're able to do that, that you're able to uh, gather with your family, do it safely, enjoy the time together, enjoy the food and the fellowship and the memories that you will make this holiday season and be healthy for many holiday seasons to come. Thanks for listening to this MPB Think Radio podcast. MPB depends on support from listeners, so if you can, please contribute today at mpbonline.org. 
I'm Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advising firm and co-host of Money Talks. For over 10 years, Money Talks has been answering your personal financial questions and sharing knowledge about money management. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart devices podcasting platform.